Hello, and welcome to another episode of Book Faces Live, the show where we talk to the faces behind your books. I'm Nathan Van Coops, I'm your host, and today I'm very excited to bring you an interview with uh, my friend Christina Benjamin. Welcome to the show, Christina. Thank you. Um, I've been really looking forward to this. Um, we, of course, got to meet in person this, this past year at the Novel Inc. Conference, actually prior to that at Mark Lefebvre's Fun Beers and, and Books Tour. Um, which was a blast, and of course you came up in authors and airplanes, uh, which was yes. amazing. I was so happy oh, to have no, you it's... have you as a as a guest to that. Uh, it's great to be able to chat with you again. I really appreciate you taking the time to, to do this. Um, for people who aren't familiar with you and don't already know how awesome you are, uh, could you tell people a little bit about the types of books you write and um, kind of about you as an author? Sure. Um, so I'm one of those crazy authors that writes a little bit of everything. Um, I think I just naturally like to try different things because that's the type of reader I am. I read all genres and different things interest me at different times. It's kind of like Netflix, you know, you just start binging this one show and then you just go down that path. That's how I read and that's how I write. So, um, I first started writing, um, young adult fantasy because I was super late to the Harry Potter, Hunger Games, Twilight. Yeah. I know, like, everything world. And I, I don't think I read them until I was in my 30s. And I was kind of like, where have these books been? Have you guys heard of this? You know, and everyone's <laughs> looking at me like I'm crazy. So um, those were kind of the last three series I read before I started writing. And I blame them because they created, mm. you know, just the biggest book hangover they for me, there were some of my favorite books, and it was really hard to find something else that was going to fill those shoes. Um, so I went to school for writing, had a degree in it, and didn't use it at all. For 12 years, I was working in um, interior design and um, retail, so mm. I just wasn't using it. I was getting my fix by reading, and after those books, I thought, okay, if I can't find what I want to read, I'm going to write what I want to read. So... Mm-hmm. Every day on my lunch break, I just started writing and um, wrote my first book in a year, and that just pretty much sold me on this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And What year was this? Um, that was 2012. Okay. So I've been following that ever since, and um, after I finished that series, uh, the Geneva Project ended up being a five-book series, um, and after three books into it, I got real serious about it and decided I wanted to, you know, quit my day job and just kind of pursue this full-time, yeah. um, and I've been really lucky that after that, I kind of switched gears to write the Boyfriend series, and really, it was just, I felt like a palate cleanser, because I was writing a book a year, they're all 90,000 words or more, and just mm-hmm. these crazy, epic fantasy worlds, and so I kind of needed a break, like something fun and light. Yeah. And I wrote The Practice Boyfriend um, in a week. And like to this day, it is my best-selling book. And I still don't know like what I did. <laughs> but I'm really glad. So um, I've been kind of following the, the Boyfriend train, which is um, young adult contemporary romance, which is really fun. Um, but all along the way, there's been a couple other genres in there. I do paranormal romance, um, regular contemporary romance some other fantasy, so a little yeah. bit of everything. Yeah. Well, it sounds like, um, I mean, maybe with your know, practice boyfriend, of course, that's a, a really popular trope, the idea of like having a fake boyfriend or even just yeah. just the words involved in the title is, is you uh-huh. know, a, a hook for a very specific genre. Um, when you do make these leaps and jump into new things, like how much are you checking out the market in advance versus what, or are you just saying, I want to write what I want to write and this is what's on my mind right now? What's Which yeah. strategy do you take? 
Um, normally the strategy was I want to write what I want to write. Um, and I think it's because if I'm writing fantasy, I won't read any fantasy because I don't yeah. want to be like subliminally influenced by it. Mm -hmm. So I'll start reading romance. And then, you know, after a couple months of reading romance, those are the type of ideas that are coming in my head. So I kind of would just kind of flip back and forth naturally because I was either watching those types of shows or reading those types of books. Um, but now that I've been doing this, for longer and going to these great conferences where I'm learning that I should be checking out the markets and, you know, writing the market. And, you know, I just know a lot more, have a little bit more mm -hmm. in my publishing arsenal. So I'm trying out some of those new techniques, um, especially in 2019. And I'm going to see how that works out. Yeah. How many books out do you have total now? Oh, I have a wall in there with them all in there. I think, <laughs> I think almost 30 or maybe a little more than 30. A lot. And I know that we've, <laughs> we've talked privately that you've got, um, other, you know, you've got pen name books that you're working on, but then you've also got a lot of things kind of in the wings ready to go. You mentioned that 2019 is going to be a big year for you. Um, yeah. How much like prepping have you done for this, this coming year? Um, so last year, I think I put out six novels, mm -hmm. um, like wrote and published. And then I also was working on all these kind of little side projects. Mm -hmm. Um, because for me, I was kind of like, okay, the boyfriend books are doing well. I love writing them. The audience is just so responsive. And so I want to keep, you know, that going for them. But I also kind of had to keep feeding my creativity of writing these other stories that were coming to me. So I wrote um, a six book paranormal series on the side. And um, I started writing kind of just the more adult version of the, the boyfriend series. So mm. it's not YA, but it's still contemporary romance. Um, so I have four of those books ready to go, too. And I was kind of working on relaunching um, the Geneva Project because I published them in starting in 2012, and I yeah. have no idea what I was doing. Right, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, all right, maybe I should, like, redo these books, take a little time and, you know, put all the things I've learned and give them a better chance. So Yeah. Um, you, t you mentioned uh, in that that you have a very responsive audience, that you've got this, you know, boyfriend audience that, that loves your stuff. Have you found that they will take the leap with you to other series or do you pretty much start from scratch? Like, for example, with your paranormal books that you're going to put out, do you feel like you're going to launch this as its own entity with its own name and keep it keep completely separate? Or are you going to try to um, get some of your readers to follow you over? Yeah, that's that's kind of the conundrum right now. Um, our plan is, um, I always say we and our, because my husband, um, he helps me with all my publishing. We're kind of a team. I wouldn't know how to do half this without him. So... And we kind of have the strategy of keeping them separate for right now. We're going to let them launch on their own and kind of hopefully just find um, the type of reader organically for that type of novel mm -hmm. um, and then see how it goes. And then, of course, you know, after they gain a little traction, I would love to share them with my core fan base um, mm -hmm. that have been following me since the Geneva Project or the Boyfriend series. Mm -hmm. um, because I, I'm an author reader. Like, if I love the author, I will just read anything they write, you know, because you just, you like the style or the storytelling, even if the genre is a little different. Um, so I always want to give the readers that opportunity because I, yeah. I hate when you're like, how long has this book been out and I haven't even known or heard of it, you know, yeah. so. Yeah. So yeah, I'm going to put them out there organically and see how they do and then um, probably make the announcement and share them with everyone, like through my newsletters and on my blog and stuff. But yeah, they're all, they'll all be under separate pen names, which... It's been crazy trying to keep the lid on that and yeah. <laughs> juggle all of that. <laughs> that is tough. And it's because it's hard too. like, even if you're a fan of a particular person, sometimes I really like a particular author. I'm like, Oh, I'd love to support your stuff. I want, I read, I like what you're reading or writing, 
but then they don't tell you that they've got a whole other list of books as a secret pen name somewhere else. And you're like, I could have been reading more of your books and you didn't tell exactly. me. Um, <laughs> and we had a comment from uh, Amanda Bird, who's a, another author. She says, did I miss the cross genre talking yet? Um, so yeah, if you have questions, Amanda, if you're, if you have questions specifically for Christina about this, definitely post them up in the comments and we'll, we'll uh, get those questions uh, to her. And then anyone else who's watching the comments either, or watching the video either live or the replay, feel free to, to ask questions in the comments and we'll try to get back to you or, or ask your questions for you as best we can. Um, I see David Frank is watching. Hi, David. Um, another, another friend from Nick. So, um, the, so I want to talk a little bit more about this, this fan base of yours because you, you have a variety of different ways that you interact with them and engage with them, uh, of course, with this boy- Boyfriend series especially. Um, I know you're doing this, this cool project right now where you're actually getting some input from your readers before writing the books. Can you tell people a little bit about, about that, your Write With Me project? Yeah, um, so I was on a writing retreat for the past four weeks. Um, it's how I always like to start the year. Mm. can get a lot of books done in four weeks with no interruptions. Yeah. Um, and so I was starting to outline the first um, boyfriend book I was going to write this year, and it's the 11th book in the series. So um, this series, it's all standalone. Um, it's all different characters and a different story every time. So... At book 11, sometimes it feels like you're trying to reinvent the wheel. And I'm like, how can I make this one different, more unique, um, something that the readers will love? And um, I have a Facebook group called Words and Wine with Christina. And I was just kind of writing like, hey, guys, I'm starting this story. Um, You know, this is where I'm writing it. Like, it takes place in the mountains. Like, I'm hoping this view will help inspire me. And I just got, like, so much feedback from them, like, oh, you haven't done a book out there yet, or this should happen, or that should happen. And I was kind of like, this is really cool. Like, they come up with some of the best ideas. And I know, like, I'm such a reader, and I fangirl people. I would love the opportunity to be, like, helping behind Mm -hmm. the scenes, giving some input. I mean, it just makes it a little bit more special of a reading experience when you're like, I helped name that character, or whatever. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So... I just kind of came up with a, all right, guys, like, do you want to write with me? And, like, I had 50 people instantly that were just like, yeah, um, anything you need feedback on. So um, we've, we've kind of been doing that. I try to make a short video once a week. I pull them, like, on names and, I don't know, all kinds of weird things. Is this, like, a live video that you do in the group? So I do my videos through Instagram, mm. and then I just kind of, like, edit them together and put them in there. Um, I try to film the video like first thing in the morning um, and get them up by the end of the night and I can kind of write like, okay, this is my idea for the day and then this is actually what I achieved and okay. these are the gaps that I need you guys to help me fill. Oh, interesting. Okay. And I want to circle back around to the uh, Instagram thing because I know that, that you're a big presence on Instagram and you use that in an inter- interesting way. But we had a, um, another question um, from Amanda. She says, Christina, thanks for giving me a little reinforcement that once I swap genres... Um, it's totally okay. She says, I write dark fantasy horror now, but we go into crime fiction horror thrillers. I'm nervous about it and I've already been called out for being, or called not horror. Just thanks for letting me know that I'm not the only one who does things like this. So, not a specific question, but I I think it reinforces the idea that we are sometimes nervous trying to just switch genres and stuff. Um, any Any specific advice for uh, Amanda and switching from those types of genres. She looks like she's going from fantasy horror to horror thriller. So Yeah, I mean, it's always scary because, 
you feel you've built this um, reputation or readership and you don't want to disappoint them mm -hmm. and you don't want somebody to pick up a book thinking it's one thing and have it be completely different. Um, but I think as long as you're marketing it correctly, you know, it has the right type of summary and cover that fits that genre, I think it's absolutely perfect because it would get boring and stale if you were writing the same thing all the time. I mean, at least that's how it is for me. So mm -hmm. for me, I'd rather write what is really inspiring me. And if that happens to be a different genre, I think it's always the right decision to kind of follow that. Um, mm -hmm. I think for me, it was difficult in the beginning because I'd only written young adult and one was young adult fantasy and one was young adult romance. So they are different, but they were both same type of, maturity level and readership and then once I started branching out into paranormal romance um, and just regular adult romance I was just kind of nervous because my first fantasy series is kind of similar to Harry Potter so you have readers that are 10 to 65 you know so mm -hmm. I wasn't sure if I was putting stuff out there that was going to be too mature um, so we were really particular about how we marketed it and made sure that they were very different. There was never going to be any crossover confusion that this book was related to that book. Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of why I'm making the leap right now to um, do some different pen names and maybe pull some stuff out of Christina Benjamin and put it in the separate genres that I think it's going to hopefully move forward with in the future. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of a nice thing about being indie because... It's an ever-evolving market, and things change, and luckily we have the opportunity to kind of change with it, try some new things, and if it doesn't work, you know, you can always put it back in, so mm -hmm. that's kind of how I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. Um, how much time do you spend putting into sort of crafting your author identity that sort of goes along with these particular genres? I know one of the things we talked about at Nink, for example, was... You know, ideas of branding and um, kind of like having a, almost like a book brand for yourself, even taglines. People have taglines for themselves as the author, not just just individual books. But do you see almost um, like different aspects of your personality in, in different types of, you know, you've got multiple author names now. Um, how are you kind of defining Christina, the author of these particular genres? Yeah, that, I mean, that's kind of the overwhelming or overwhelming part of it I guess because it's it's kind of what held me back from doing it initially because I was just like this is a lot to juggle the whole mm -hmm. writing publishing and managing all your social media mm -hmm. um so it's a, it's a lot to do just for one pen name so the idea of having four was just kind of freaking me out a little um so I really think I'm just going to only manage Christina Benjamin the other three pen names will just kind of be there and Unless I'm sharing it with my core reader group, I don't think I'm really going to be behind the scenes, like, pretending to be these other mm -hmm. pen name people. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of work. I feel like authors already have split personalities writing all these crazy things that we write, so I don't think I could juggle being four different pen names. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it is tough. And I think it does speak to kind of the... Um, the idea of building your brand around you as a person, as opposed yeah. to building a brand around specific elements of your fiction or, or, or um, you know, whatever you're working on. And I know that's something that uh, you have, you have a, you know, a, a brand in other ways too, because I know you're, you have this Instagram following um, as sort of as an influencer when it comes to, you know, fashion and other things. How much does that play into your author business? Yeah, well, I think it kind of, it plays into the author business and also just who I am as a person. And I think mm. that's why I don't want to juggle multiple pen name personalities um, because 
I want it to be authentic. And I feel like all of the social media accounts I have now are authentic. It's me. And I, I want people to tune in almost just as much for the lifestyle as for the books, because mm-hmm. I know when I really like an author and like reading their stuff, I, I like knowing every aspect, like, you know, what are you doing? That's making you come up with these stories. And, you know, Oh, I wonder if when they were traveling there is when they thought of that idea or whatever. So, um, my kind of my slogan is travel, write, repeat, because those are my two loves in life. And mm. um, like I was telling you earlier, kind of my background was in um, retail, fashion, merchandising and decor. And so, I mean, I did that for 12 years before I started writing. So it's kind of hard just to drop that passion. Yeah. Um, so I just try to fill all my social media accounts with things that bring joy to me. And I, I feel like that's an authentic betrayal of who I am. And that's also what comes across in my writing. So I just kind of join it all together. Yeah, no, that's probably a smart way to do it. Because people who end up liking you as a person and what you stand for and what you believe in are probably going to like your books if those same themes transition through. Yeah, that's uh, the hope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think, I think you're doing a great job. I'm, I'm very impressed by your, your branding overall and um, just the, the way that you present yourself online. Because we are sometimes um a caricature of ourselves in a, in a way as authors but it does seem you do come across as very authentic and i think that's that's a great way to be yourself and a brand simultaneously yeah. um i know you have some fun things coming up I, I saw you posted on your your blog that you get to have a, a meeting with rl stein yes i'm so excited about that um it's in jacksonville it's called jack's book fest mm-hmm. um I, so I live in St. Augustine, and we have this really amazing, amazing art community here. There's just artists, musicians, tons of writers, and um, through another author that I met, um, she was putting this together and asked if I would be interested. Um, it's a free event, and it's for children, and R.L. Stein is one of the headlining authors, and she asked if I wanted to be on the YA panel and do a signing, and I was like, are you kidding? Absolutely. Yeah. Like, I remember reading Goosebumps when I was 10 years old, so course, yeah. I absolutely want to meet him and be part of that. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. That would be cool. How much does um, sort of in-person events factor into your, your author business? Um, when I first started out, I did a ton of it and, um, I really liked it because I mean, as you know, sometimes writing can be really solitary. Mm -hmm. Um, but with writing YA books, um, you kind of have a lot more opportunity to Mm -hmm. go into schools and help inspire students with reading and writing and stuff like that. Um, so I was always very involved in the literacy programs with, um, local schools and um, when I finished the Geneva Project, I actually did, like, an East Coast book tour of schools, like, up and down from Pennsylvania, where I'm originally from, to Florida. So that was just really cool. I mean, it's it's really amazing to to write a book, but then to see how it affects other people and inspires them, like, whether the story spoke to them or whether it just, like, gave them confidence or made them mm-hmm. want to actually do what you do. Like, mm-hmm. that that is what ultimately made me know I was doing the right thing and kind of like, all right, I need to take the leap and just do this full time. Yeah. And it, it is inspiring when, when you see people live in their dream, you know, especially yeah. with kids. And a lot of times I think the, the common narrative has been that you can't make a living as a writer. You can't do this full time. Like this isn't something that's a real legitimate dream. So to have someone like you show up and say, Hey, yes, it is. Here's me living the dream. I think that's a really powerful inspiration for for young people i think that's fantastic um 
One of the things I always like to ask people, um, you've used the phrase taking the leap a couple of times. Um, this seems like something you definitely made a big decision to say, okay, yes, I am going to take this thing full time. I'm going to make this dream a reality. When did that happen for you in your career? At what point did you make that leap? Yeah. Um, so we definitely have been kind of through some ups and downs. Um, when I first started writing the book in 2012, I had just found out I was pregnant. And so it really kind of slowed my lifestyle down. I was like, all right, I need to take a step back. And, and it was just perfect timing to, you know, I was kind of soul searching of what book to write or read. And I decided to write um, the Geneva Project Truth. Um, and then in 2013, my son um, was diagnosed with um, a terminal illness. So he passed away um, five days after his first birthday. And if nothing will make you reevaluate your life, it's it's going through something like that. And it was interesting how you said, you know, a lot of people kind of feel like, oh, you can't make a living as a writer. And I just was kind of reevaluating the whole idea of like, what is a living? And my idea of making a living isn't really all about money or success in that standard, but just like what fills your, your cup with joy and life. And, mm -hmm. you know, what are you really going to want to get out of bed for in the morning? Um, and so writing was kind of that thing for me because not only was it something I love to do, but it's therapeutic. I mean, you mm. can kind of just pour your heart out, um, in what you're writing. And that's really what got me through some of the darkest times, um, you know, while we were kind of going through that period. Yeah. And that was our leap of faith is we both kind of had this moment where we looked at each other and we're like, our goal is to do what we love and spend more time together. So my husband and I both quit our jobs. We sold our house. We moved to St. Augustine, which is, you know, we talked about where would you live if you could live anywhere, and it was here. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, ever since then, we've just kind of been trying to make that work, and and I've never been happier. And, I mean, it's not easy. I, I'm not going to sugarcoat it that, yeah. yeah, I just decided to write a book, and now everything fell into place. Um, it's hard work, but I love it, and I would much rather love what I do every day. Yeah. Well, I'm, of course, I'm you know sorry to hear that you know tragedy had to be such a part of this this journey, um, but yeah, it sounds like you know the what what you learned from it and the the way that you move forward was obviously you know um, a testament to kind of your strength of going through that and and seeing seeing life in a, in a kind of new and uh, obviously life is very fragile and I can I can't even imagine um, what you went through, but um, I think it is is very uh, impressive to see the way that you've kind of reshaped um, from that and kind of move forward on your own terms, which I think is something that yeah. a lot of people fear doing unless something big comes along and, and shakes them up. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's, that's um, valuable insight there. Um, Amanda said, had another question for you. She says, any tips on author branding? Uh, she says, also, I'm from PA, too. So no way. <laughs> and I, I grew up in Pennsylvania, too. So which part of Pennsylvania did you grow up in? Near Scranton. Okay, that's right. I think I would talk to you about that. Yeah. I was in South Central PA myself. But um, Amanda, also from a lot of PA folks watching right now. So that's good. Shout out to Pennsylvania. <laughs> um, but tips on author branding. Do you have any advice as far as for, for crafting a, a brand or thinking about how you want to craft a brand for yourself? Yeah, well, kind of like I had just jumped in in 2012 and had no idea about author platforms or a brand or anything, and mm -hmm. I just used my real name. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, if you have the time to kind of 
think about all of that first and lay it out. And, you know, depending on the genre you're writing, do you want to use your real name? Do you want people to know it's you? Um, like for me, like I said, I like to be authentic. So I, I like that it's my real name and that I'm representing myself. And, mm-hmm. and that's kind of why I'm, I'm doing separate pen names for some of the different genres that are like maybe a little darker, different than my everyday life. Um, so I would definitely say kind of think about it, map it out, um, see what other people in that genre are doing, um, just so you kind of have a reference point. And that's what I try to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's interesting too, like looking at other authors, of course, as examples of particular types of brands and seeing what they're doing. That's why yeah, I love looking at you know a platform like you've got built and, and seeing, oh, wow, look at all the things that she's doing right. And I think that that's um, important to do as an author too, to kind of see who else is in your genre and, and how kind of some of the tricks they're doing and behind the scenes things. I know I, I've joined some other author Facebook groups and things just to see what they're up to. What kind of stuff exactly. are, they, are they posting? You know, join some newsletters even, you know, just like, what are they sharing in their newsletter? Why is, you know. Yeah, I absolutely do that. Because I think <clears throat> authors are so funny because I feel like all of us kind of think we don't know what we're doing and everyone else you're yeah. looking at, you're like, ah, oh, they have it all together. Yeah. Like, when am I going to figure it out? But I think we're all just trying to figure it out and somehow we make it look like we know what we're doing. Yeah. It's like every month it's like, what on earth am I going to tell these people this, this month? I don't know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, how, but speaking of which, how often do you uh, communicate with um, your email list, things like that? So I'm trying to be better. I feel like um, my newsletter is probably like the weakest part of my whole business here. Yeah. Um, I'm much better with social media. I post on Instagram um, photos and stories every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to do the same thing with um, my my writing group. If I'm writing, I want to be posting in there. Um, I'm a little more lax with like Facebook, and I, I it's so weird. I never use Twitter. I hate Twitter, but it's it's hooked up to all my other accounts. So what I post ends yeah. up on there, so it looks okay. like I'm using it. Oh, um, but my newsletter, I do now. Um, I have a blog, and that is what I write on every Tuesday. And so this year, my goal is to share what I'm sharing on my blog in my newsletter. I'm like, I have the content. Like, yeah. I just need to take the extra 20 minutes and, and do that. So I'm trying to do it once a week. And I need, I just still need to yeah. <laughs> work on my newsletter. No, I think you make an excellent point, though, of, of trying to take what you're already doing and seeing how you can um, be efficient with it. And can you repurpose this content elsewhere? And that was kind of a big revelation to me. I, I had recently read um, Tammy Lee Black's newsletter ninja book and some other things. And we were talking about like, I'm already writing, you know, for example, Instagram or uh, Facebook, a lot of these social media posts disappear so quickly. You post yeah. them, but if people just joined yesterday, they didn't see any of your content from last month. Um, so I thought about the idea of like, what about stockpiling some of your kind of best stuff and putting that in the newsletter or especially with like um, an onboarding sequence. You know, these people that are joining your newsletter for the first time are brand new to you. They've got no idea yeah. what you said a year ago. Um, so you can kind of take some of your, maybe your best blog posts or things like that and have them in this onboarding sequence that then really highlights you as a person. I admire you for blogging because that's one of the things that I started out trying to do years ago and just couldn't, couldn't hold it together as a blogger. Um, but I know that's that's great for for web searches. For you know, a, you know Amazon like uh, loves it if your if your website's getting a lot of traffic, then you're obviously doing better as an affiliate, things like that. Yeah, I, I like it because it's not as strict as writing. Like it, you know, it's kind of like a live podcast. You can just mm-hmm. 
like brain dump and put it out and I kind of expect people to not freak out if there's typos or things like that because it's more authentic it's just like this is what I'm working on this week it's just an update stuff like that um I don't know I just like it it helps me it's almost like a journal entry or a diary because you can look back at it and be like okay mm-hmm. this is where I was like two years ago and you're kind of like all right I'm, I'm making progress I'm doing things yeah. and I don't know it was kind of one of my first um ways to keep writing in my life after college um I went to school for technical writing, which is so weird because <laughs> I don't know how I thought I'd be happy, like, writing manuals. I mean, I have to get yeah. creative. But I was doing a lot of, like, technical writing blogs, and so it was just kind of like an exercise to keep writing happening. Yeah. No, I think it's that's fantastic. And there is so much to be said for that, too, of just the act of sitting down to write on a consistent basis. Um, yeah. Obviously, I mean, I've I've communicated with you about your writing sprints and I know how much you can put out in a, a day like you're incredible with your how much writing you managed to accomplish having stockpiled over 10 books last year in addition to the yeah. 60 that you already wrote so I, I mean preaching to the choir here but um you obviously have a dedicated writing habit um what is that what is that like in terms of your fiction what's your day-to-day writing life like um so I usually write from 12 to 5 every day and um I don't let myself quit unless I write 5,000 words for the day. Mm. So, and I mean, for me, but I feel like that's all I do. That is, that is my business. I'm, I'm not going to an office for nine to five. So I'm just like, no matter what you go lock yourself where you're going to write and you're going to do that from 12 to five. If I can get it done before five, then that's awesome. Um, but that's usually what it takes me to do 5,000 words a day. And it, it keeps me, it keeps me happy. Honestly, I don't know. I just, I have a lot of, drive to get the words out i guess yeah and it sounds like you have a good business mindset too i mean working a, f- a five-hour work day is not a bad gig exactly. you know and especially if it's doing something that you love yeah. um do you just do it during the week or do you do you work on weekends or how do you just during the week yeah monday week? through friday yeah so it sounds like a good uh life balance as well, yeah which is which is definitely <laughs> important because i know uh sometimes it's so overwhelming as an author you think see all the things that need to be done and you yeah. think when will i have time and you just want to do it all, but um, definitely have to prioritize. Yeah, I think that's the hard thing about social media, too. Like, you try to go on there just to update your own fans and stuff, but then you see what everyone else is doing. Yeah. And you kind of have that, like, FOMO. You're like, yeah. okay, I should be doing what everyone else is doing, but there's only so much time in a day, and I feel like yeah. you have to pursue what, what's best for you. So yeah. I, I've definitely learned that over the, the path of my career. <laughs> that was one of the things that I... Um, liked about you guys too when, when I first met you at, at Nink this past year um, you and your husband were both out and about like at all the all the events you were just doing all the things you know and I'm like they're like me you know? they, they got the FOMO yeah. too they want to go see what's up so exactly. um, I know there was people that were probably in their hotel rooms ty- typing away at that very moment but you know you gotta get out and live a little too so you have something to share yeah the the writing and life balance is probably one of the biggest struggles because you want to write and i feel like i write better when i'm like locked away and i'm doing nothing but writing but then i'm Mm -hmm. not having a life like i'm not socializing and you know so i think that's why i'm so big on writing retreats yeah i'd rather go away for four days and come back with like fifty thousand words done and be like okay now i can take some time to (laughs) rejoin society see what i've missed while i was gone and you know it's it's pretty productive and it's a good balance for me that way. Do you have any recommendations for writing retreats? It's something I haven't personally done, but it's something I would definitely be interested in. Yeah. So I, um, I've done both like solo ones and then group ones. Mm -hmm. Um, 
same thing. It's kind of like a, a work-life balance. You need a little bit of both in your life. I'm way more productive at a solo writing retreat. Um, I sometimes will just go run a hotel room for four days and just bring my laptop and coffee and like never leave the room yeah. but i'll finish a first draft you know and wow. it's great because then you're home and it's so much easier you can do the second draft and edits and that type of stuff in more of a you know an easier work day and still get some other stuff done in your life mm-hmm. no that's that's fantastic it's it's really cool that, that you're uh, they're able to do that it's very jk rowling of you i hear that she did that went and lived in a hotel briefly to, oh my gosh, I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm sure it was like a five-star, you know, wall, you well, know, see, something, but it doesn't matter. It's like the worse the hotel, the better, because then you're just like, I want to get out of here. And so you <laughs> just write so much faster. I think my longest book, I was in the worst hotel I've ever written because I was just like, I need to finish because I want to go home. <laughs> Do we, oh, yeah. we put your put your retreat in a really sketchy location? <laughs> yeah, it can't have like a bar or a pool or be on the beach. Like basically, the Neat yeah. Hotel is not a writing retreat because you just yeah. want to go out and socialize and do all the fun stuff. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's 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 a really good idea. But yeah, that maybe maybe one day I will be uh, bold enough to just go go off on a retreat. But good advice. Um, uh, Rob says, "Great interview. I'm relieved to hear that." We're all just acting like we know what we're doing. <laughs> You're under us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Um, totally true. But yeah. Um, so we've sort of blazed through our, our half hour pretty quickly, but th- this was a lot of fun as expected. But um, for people that want to find out more information about you, about your, your books, whether it's your um, boyfriend series or your other stuff you've got coming up, where's the best place for people to find you and learn more about you? Um, so all the books are on Amazon. Um, probably the best place would be my um, my website, which is where I put my blog up every week. Um, and it's just christinabenjaminauthor.com. Um, and then, like we said, Facebook. I have this writing group called Words and Wine with Christina. It's, it's super mellow, low-key, but I, I will just talk about what I'm writing. And right now I'm getting input from all the readers, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, and then my Instagram, I'm always on there doing live, authentic, crazy stories. Um, and so my Instagram is just author C Benjamin. Author C Benjamin. Yeah. Okay. And your your website again was what was it? It is christinabenjaminauthor.com. Christinabenjaminauthor.com. Okay. All right. So everyone should definitely go check all those out um, and join the reader group and, and uh, bring your wine. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and hang out. So. Um, very cool. So thank you so much for, for being here. Um, this is this has been a blast. Absolutely. And uh, thank you everyone for watching and for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, uh, feel free to give us a review on, on iTunes and, uh, and let us know you're enjoying the show. And we'll see you again next week for another great episode.